Hey, the promo code is Dangle, don't you know? Manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. It's that easy. That's pretty simple. Pretty simple. Let's get into the show, shall we? The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. All right, now let's take a quick look at how the Stanley Cup is doing. Uh, Good Jesse, Lord. <laughs> they have dropped that Stanley Cup so many times. If, uh, if you're wondering what we're looking at because you're listening, let me explain it to you like this. You know when a teacher called you up to the board with the chalkboard and they tried to get you to draw a perfect circle without one of those like things that drew the perfect circle with the big spike in the middle that used to stab your friends with? Uh, that's sort of what it looks like. It's been dropped more than once now. It looks like they tried to draw the Stanley Cup with chalk on the sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's uh, it's looking a little beat up. Holy shit. But Do we know where they went from Tampa? I think they went right back to Denver, didn't they? Uh, yeah, but after no. partying. No, they must have made a stop somewhere. Oh, like, you mean like, oh, partying in Tampa. Yeah, because like Ooh. the Raptors went Golden State, Vegas, Toronto, right? Did, Usually I the teams know. just go back home. No, no, yeah, they, no. they party. They'll party somewhere like that, like oh. forty-eight hours, twenty-four hours, and then they arrive back. Maybe home, they partied right? at real sports like the Marlies did. Wow! Yeah, when they won, is that what they? Oh yeah, they, they went did. to they went they to real did sports. Go to real sports. No, we saw a couple of the, the losing team. Maybe at Brazenhead. I guess it wasn't the winning. No, team. it was the losing team. The, losing the Marlies team? did okay. not go to Brazenhead. <laughs> I wanted to make the joke that they were at Brazenhead. But, okay. I like true. Brazenhead, but I would not go there if I just won the Calder Cup. <laughs> oh, that's funny, my guy. Well, listen, I it just seems like the Avs are having a good time. The parade, I believe, is tomorrow. Which will be it's uh, yes. the th- Thursday yes. parade, so that'll be exciting. And Producer we'll probably- Drew might be there. I don't know. Oh, really? Is he is he on his way? Well, he keeps talking about it. Yeah. Well, he's he's talking about like he's talking about like a GM uh, negotiates with an agent, except it's him and his wife. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just Damn. I got I gotta get to Denver. I gotta get to Denver. Well, Listen, I didn't go to game five. There was no game seven. I gotta go to the parade. <laughs> Man, I I hope he gets there. It seems like it's only the right thing to like Sportsnet should be picking up the tab on that one. Send the man. He did so much good work for you for the stream. Send the man. Let him enjoy the parade. He'll get some great video footage. He'll be able to edit and post it for you. He's a one man wrecking crew. I don't think he wants to go for work. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think he wants to go there to have some. Well, so they should send a camera crew after him and just film him not working. That's something, right? Yeah, reality yeah. show yeah. Drew. Yeah, that's that would come on. That's not watchable. Your, Ten minute YouTube video would uh, be amazing. You're following me, Steve. You went to the Raptors parade and you had somebody follow you around. Drew, Drew. Oh, there you go. Drew, Drew followed you, so we should have somebody following Drew around partying. A hundred percent. God, yeah. that was so fun. It was fun, except for the parts where I couldn't move because there were so many people and also the last pre-covid championship because there was a random man walking around with a giant backpack full of chips and a bowl of dip <laughs> that toronto ate uh-huh. all of toronto they wanted their chips with the dip right? they wanted their chips with the dip and so a bunch of strangers were just like oh <laughs> shove my hand in that thank so, you very much so i'm having a did i tell you guys the guys about this i'm having a housewarming party um 
Uh, now? No, no, in September. Oh. I've told you about this, but you've probably forgotten. September. Wait, this September? This coming September. <laughs> when did yes. you move Why? into this house? Well, because we had COVID, right? Adam, was, answer the question. The COVID, COVID situation was happening. No, we couldn't have people. There, you could have done it like last summer or like the No, we before. couldn't. There was capacity limits last like, summer. No, there was. This, okay, nice. there was. this time last year, we were still under lockdown. You guys know that. No. We were still not allowed to play golf June 29th. 2021. Adam, Adam, I've, I've seen you places anyway, in July of 2021. I don't know why everybody's taking August. issue with this. I'm, I'm having making August, out with John Tory. I'm, I'm giving people some free booze, but not enough to get them unsafe, right? Hmm. And then, and a lot of free food, and everybody seems to have a problem with the nature of this party, and what? I have an issue with this. Why did you plan a party five because months? Because we wanted to get people band. together, okay? We have gotten together. Natalie and I started dating uh, in August 2020, and we haven't had our all of our friends and family together in the same room ever once. So we're like, okay, well, why don't we do it? And we'll call it a housewarming. There we go. There sure. it is. Sure. So that's what we're going to do. Everybody wants to see the studio anyway. So we're in what? my house. <laughs> no, no. Everybody in the fam my family asks about seeing the studio. That is that is the thing with the blue room. Yeah. People just stare. So so they just wander into it and stare. Ma even Marilyn wants to see the it. Marilyn, she, no, well, she's not been down here? No, she, no, no, she's never <laughs> been down here. By the way, <laughs> who's she's, Marilyn? She's convinced that our studio is nicer than the studio at Bell, and she's okay. right. Uh, yeah. and, and so I think, anyway, long story short, so we're having this party, and my mom, speaking of which, she's like, well, you're going to have, uh, it's going to be interesting catering experience. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, um, you know, everybody's going to have to have their own individually wrapped plates. I said, excuse me? And she's like, well, what? you know, COVID. And I said, mom, <laughs> what? That's such a mom. Yeah. And, she, uh. and, she's like, and then her husband, who is a doctor and works at a local hospital here, said, Marilyn, <laughs> no, it's okay. And she's like, well, I would like mine individually wrapped. And I said, that's fine. You can have that. Mom. You know, when you kept your car at my house for a grand total of 48 hours, the, the Mustang, mm -hmm. I told my mom. And the first thing she said was, careful, there's been a lot of break-ins. <laughs> oh, that is a mom. That's a mom move Not, right there. Oh, that's cool. That's Not, oh, did cute. you get to drive it? No, it's careful. There's it's, been a lot it's, of it's, it's the game show. Welcome to Worst Case Scenario, yeah. where we give you a normal scenario, and here's the worst thing that can happen. You should, tell, you should tell Marilyn that the Mandarin's back open. The you Mandarin? <laughs> it's all good. Can we go to the Mandarin? Yes. Yeah. I hadn't considered that. Yes. Now, now, for people outside of Toronto that don't know the Mandarin. Welcome I believe to the it's Summer just, Podcast, everyone. Yeah, well, Sorry. no, uh, we got we got a ton of stuff to do. Bob McKenzie made some waves yesterday. I, I want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But let's explain Mandarin for people who don't get it because it's an experience. And after that, explain who Bob McKenzie is. Okay. <laughs> they got better Mandarins in the States. Do they have Mandarin in the States? They have better Mandarins. Better versions of it? Better versions of it, yeah. Okay, well, Mandarin up here is a, it's Asian fusion, basically. Yeah. And it is all the best food. All together, all at once. So it's, chicken balls, I believe. And chicken balls and it's got chicken balls. Chinese, Japanese. I believe there's Thai. Uh, I haven't been in a long, long so time. I haven't been. In and it is, months. and it's enormous. And now, like Canadians are not as used to buffets, I think, as Americans are. Buffet is a real American culture thing. That's an astute observation. That is true. We don't have a lot of buffet restaurants here, but Mandarin, like on the radio, when we're giving away Mandarin gift cards, people will knock down the door of the radio <laughs> station to get it. You know, Jesse. Oh, yeah. And like, you don't even, we don't even give away like uh, $20 to Mandarin. We'll be like, here's $200 to the Mandarin. Yeah. You could feed eight families. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you know, could, and people, yeah, people go crazy for them because it's real. It, one, it's really good. Two, it's great value. It's like, I don't know, 30 bucks and you get the whole buffet. Oh yeah. And you spend all day there. 
You sit there, you get a nice hot, warm towel when you're done. Yeah. The the wait the waiter comes over and they give you a hot towel and you get to wipe down and all that stuff. Man, L- line your purse, fill it up. Let's go. <laughs> I'm just so happy right now. Just I knowing think, that the Mandarin is open is a good thing. Just picturing it. I once, I once, there was a zoo party and we went to Mandarin and I stuffed the pockets of my winter coat with chicken balls. <laughs> They're so good. Did I'm you get, did you have to shave them afterwards from all the, the lint in your pockets? No. No? No. You don't have any lint in your... No, I don't have a dirty pocket. <laughs> and if I did, I wouldn't have cared. I was 21. I don't care. You were 21. 21? Yeah, the 21 year old body processes lint more efficiently uh, than 34. That's true. It does. It does. How the hell did we get here? Uh, we were talking about the Mandarin. Anyway, we were talking about buffet food. Talking about, what about Adam's before awesome, that? We're talking about that COVID. Adam's awesome party that's five months from now. Are you having it catered by Mandarin? Not Mandarin, no. Unfortunately not. Nah. I didn't know they were open. Boo. You should, you should Boo. switch it. Whatever you have right now, it should switch, be Mandarin. Switch to Mandarin. Yo, at least there are people already, there are people already giving me the, well, I'm not sure if I can make it. And we made it like five months in advance because we actually invited people like two months ago yeah. so that people could make it. Because you get to, you get to a point in your thirties where everybody's got kids um, and, and then nobody can do anything ever. You can't align weekends, so you have to do it like way far in advance, so at least everybody can get together at once. And uh, and anyway, uh, yeah, I'm already getting people going. Well, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to. I think I'm sick that day. Like you know that sort of thing. You're like, okay, just don't come. If you don't want to come, don't come. It's okay. We're okay. We're now at the age where if you get invited to something on a certain weekend, you're like, oh, you piece of shit. You can't do that. You can't do, like uh, no. You're you're breaking like human code if you invite somebody on a long weekend oh. during the summer and you're from like the Toronto area. All right, like, you're wedding. not allowed to do that. Had a couple co- cousins with a uh, don't long do that. Wedding. Don't do long that. Weekend wedding. Did you a long weekend wedding? No, I did not. No, I didn't either. But July. Okay. No. Good. Yes. No, I. I remember the, your, your wedding, and I remember it being fun. But I, I remember parts. <laughs> it was good um yeah no and then uh, yeah i think i think you have to give unless you know the other couple the other people are going to be in town that weekend mm-hmm. you can't have an event that's like a life event like if you got engaged in may okay you can't have your engagement party in the summer you got to do it in the fall because people's summers are already booked is there a bigger unvite than a destination wedding like I just feel like Ooh. it's you're just saying to all your friends here, don't come. Oh, I. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, Steve, I think you think that way because you might be the cheapest man alive, and you'd be like, I'm not paying a thousand bucks to spend Cuba for a no, week. It's a no, good, you're asking me to uproot my fucking life for three days. It's a good point because <laughs> if people who do destination weddings, they're they want like twelve people to show up. They yeah, do. They don't yeah. want like even twenty. They don't want that. It's no. it's for like a really small niche. And if you're like, oh, we're having a destination wedding, that means you're cutting out like eighteen Here. people who would think they would go to your wedding. Don't come. By the yeah. way, as, yeah, as somebody as somebody who did it not the destination wedding way, do the destination wedding. Trust me. Then have like a fun party or something when you get back home. I got a theory. What? Adam is planning this party five months in advance. All of his friends and family are going to be there. Adam and Natalie are secretly going to get married at Whoa. the party. He got it. He's wow. getting married at he the party. Wow. Adam, congratulations. He got wow. it. Wow. Actually heard yeah, of a it's party actually like a wow. wedding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. I, actual I, wedding. I yeah. know a guy who did that. They all thought it was an engagement party and they just got married. I did that, that. right I there at, that night. I showed up at someone's house and they were doing that too, but they got, they, we thought, yeah, thought it was an engagement party and then they turned it into a backyard wedding. It was really nice. Really nice. 
There you go. <laughs> but you're just not, you just don't know though. The, the problem is, is that like inevitably, you, yeah. if you think it's an engagement party and you're popping in for an hour and then you're like, fuck, I'm going to be here for eight hours. All right. I'm going to be here. I'm stuck. Also, like people stuck. think, people think it's a barbecue and you show up in your flip flops, you know, and it's a wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, as, then all of a sudden you're getting married in, flip, in front of flip flops guy, you know? That's a hostage situation. That's, that's <laughs> why would you do this? To you, me? So you guys have both been to one of these. Yes. No, I didn't. I was surprise, there. surprise! I was backyard there. wedding. I went to. Yes. Wow. And I did not know. And we, the only reason we knew is we pulled up, and I had to drive, so there was no drinking that night. Um, and that's the other thing. If you don't mm, pre- sober people, wedding, good. If, shit. if you don't prep people for that, then they can't have a drink. Um, but I showed up, and there was like a person out front, and he was really snappily dressed. <laughs> I'm like, why do you have tails? Yeah. And I'm wearing shorts. And, oh, uh, you know, I did. I didn't wear flip flops. I yeah. should have. Oh. I was smart enough to at least wear shoes. But yeah. I Mustard stains. I don't think you, know? you should do that to people. No, I, I don't think so. Not. Oh. No. Cholula <laughs> no. stains. Are they, is this a friend of yours? Or let's talk about No, that. this was my ex's, uh, my ex's friend. Mm. And we, were, we had just started dating. And she'd been with this guy for a while. And it was supposed to be yeah, an afternoon backyard party and she's like we'll just pop it and then we'll go home and watch a movie and we did oh, not watch a movie so we did not watch a movie oh, it was no. fun though i still had fun oh, yeah no. uh, you know what at that point if you're feeling insecure about how you're dressed at a surprise wedding you shouldn't because you weren't you were surprised by it and in fact you should count yourself lucky because if you're a hot boy like me and you're hot all the time no matter what you wear and you don't you're not hot at a wedding you're not if you are not hot and uncomfortable at a wedding my god no you know what you should do is wear a kilt to a church that said it has air conditioning. Oh, that church did not have, have AC. Steve's wedding was because here's the thing too: Catholic, right? It, it's an uh, it's an aerobics workout. It's, it's the whole thing, two it's, and a half hours. Sit, stand, kneel. Sit, stand, kneel. Latin, Latin, Latin. Okay, they're married. Yeah, but it's two hours of that. Sing like this. <laughs> For some reason, it's a domine. What? Is yeah. there a school where they teach all of them to sing like Kermit the Frog? Yeah. I don't what is know. that? It's, 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 I don't know. The they literally Wait. do go to school. Are you both Catholic? Uh, well, yeah. you're both Catholic. Catholic. So you're Catholics? So you tell oh, me. Guilt. Is there a school? High five. They they do literally go to school. What like, was the back high five there, Jesse? I don't know. I, I like was... my back high fives. Oh, okay. They throw Steve off and he's, then it's all off. Yeah, it's true. Um... But yeah, they have their the archdiocese or whatever they're called, the, where mm-hmm. the bishops go and all that stuff. They go to school and they learn it. <laughs> I just, I always thought it was very funny uh, as a child because we would go to church and they would name off like the hierarchy mm-hmm. of the local division, however you would say it. And our bishop was named Aloysius. Well, that's a yeah, good that's name. A, that's, a, that's a fairly common uh, Catholic name it you, is do you have to take on a yeah. catholic name when you yeah, become a bishop yeah they that's usually not their like name you know it's not bishop jeff yeah there, well there was a kid who at know. confirmation at my elementary school took it very seriously and did you know there's a saint elmo yes he did <laughs> I also so he made his name elmo saint elmo's fire very important song in the 1980s wow yeah mm-hmm. yeah so the colorado avalanche and fucked no, no, up the Stanley Cup. serious, serious <laughs> and, question uh, though are no, the catholics no. still hanging on to that whole men only thing is that a still a thing? Men only. For priests? For priests and stuff? Yes, oh, yeah. except for when no. Okay. That's how I understand it. Is that right? <laughs> Does it depend? Is that, do they still, do I they have you're female asking priests? the wrong people about the rules. I don't of the know. You guys church. were confirmed. You guys confirmed that you would be going to church the rest of your it's life. It's kind of like I how think. Y is a vowel. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, 
in religion I think. continues to to perplex me but hey here we are uh breaking down the hall of fame class of 2022 we have sadine <laughs> we have sadine we have luongo we have alfredson we have rika salonin i believe i said that right uh and no, then sure. uh herb carnegie as builder uh left off the list just a couple of names botterell willette mcgillney I'm just going to leave those names up there because those are the ones that I think need to get in. It's kind of crazy that they didn't get in this year. Um, not at the expense of the other names, um, but it's sort of strange to me that uh, those names are are not in yet. Although I guess every year with the Hall of Fame, you're going to have a debate about who, who should have mm-hmm. versus yes. who did. To me, though, McGillney's the guy that the last two years, I'm like, those players were not better than him. There's this obsession... There was uh, none last year. Salina, there was no Hall of Fame last year. Oh, there yeah, was of no co- Hall of Fame. Because of COVID. They didn't Why didn't it. they do double this year? Then. It'd be too easy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's continue, Jesse. Uh, Salinan. Salinan, um, sorry. I, I, there's this obsession with first ballot, and a bunch of those players were first ballot. I think I think the Sedins and Luongo. Sedins, Luongo, Danny wasn't. Danny wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, another insult to Ottawa fans. But like, I mean, there there are cup winners who were left off the ballot. Carolyn Ouellette is is pretty glaring when, uh, it, when yeah. it comes to the uh, the women's class. However, it works. How does it work? There are apparently, I think it's like there's eighteen voters mm-hmm. total. Yes, and fourteen of them have to agree on a candidate for that candidate to get in. And the ballots but, are secret. But there's four, f- what is it, four men there's get inducted four, every there's year? There's four men's player slots, two women's, and one builder. Right, and they couldn't right. find, they couldn't find, it, it was, and Haley Salvian actually made a really good point about this, as she often does. Uh, she said, we've got two women's slots, just use them. Yeah. yeah. Who cares if you and then Steve Simmons was like, "Excuse me, Haley, but don't you understand that you need 14 and everybody's like, "Yeah, Steve, we get it. How about you just induct someone? How about you induct some, the 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 next person? <laughs> you should be able to find 14. 14 out of 18 should well, be." Well, and okay, let me run this down. Yeah. So, I'm I'm working on having uh Haley Salvian on the Jesse Blake Sports Report oh. tomorrow. We just need to figure out a time because she wrote a terrific piece for the Athletic about the uh women's uh hockey players being inducted to the Hockey Hall of Fame. And just some simple points she makes is it's that right now we're trying to build the hall for the women's section because for the first 8,000 years of the Hockey Hall of Fame, there were no women in there. Yeah. So no chicks allowed. And then they said, and then now they they have, they have this rule that they've arbitrarily made up where they are going to induct the maximum of two women per year. And we're at this point where it's just, we're building the hall. There's enough women out there that should be in this in the Hall of Fame, Hockey Hall of Fame. So use those two slots every year because there's enough deserving candidates. No, Jesse, but not, don't you understand that you have to have find 14 men that agree? We're not in the portion of the men's game where like there there were like there are debates and all that. No, there are women out there who are just should be in and you need to use the slots so you can just fill up the section for the women's game. I also don't So I'm going to have her on hopefully uh tomorrow and we're going to That's discuss a great. This. It's it's a brilliant it's, it's true. And just, and, that, and that's what I was saying is like just use the person who got the second most amount of votes. Why does it have to be fucking 14? Who yeah. cares? And it, and it's not even like these candidates aren't worthy. 
Like there's she she listed well, let, off. Let, like, let me run you, Carolyn Willets. Can I can I show you her Wikipedia it, page here? That's a lot of that's a lot of gold. That's four Olympic gold medals: 20, uh, 2002, 2006, 2010, and twenty fourteen. And then the World Championships: ninety nine in Finland, two thousand in Canada, two thousand one in the States, two thousand four in Canada, two thousand seven in Canada, twenty twelve in the States. Not to mention another one, two, three, four, six silver medals with Canada on the years they didn't win gold. Like what? Really? Yeah. Well, and also, there is there room for some sort of also won the Clarkson Cup. Throwing that out there. Yes. Is there also room for some sort of acknowledgement of hey, we weren't really doing this for a long time. We probably should have been. So let's induct. Like, what's wrong with having like half a dozen? Yeah, you should to make one, up for that. You should. You, they should be playing catch up, and instead they're treating yes. it like. Oh, we need to just do one at a time. Yeah. And well, and don't always be in a state of catch up. Right. Do it once and then move on. Well, and also you missed last year. So double it up, baby. I don't understand that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't. Also, they really, they did. They couldn't vote over Zoom last year. No, I swear. Didn't I they have know. somebody go in last year? I, th- I, I thought, thought they, they did. did. Uh, but regardless of all that, regardless of all that, I think Haley's right. I'm looking forward to that discussion, Jesse, because I think that's a really important point. Um, Put them in. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to. I do have to ask. The Sedins deserve it. Luongo deserves it. Alfredson, debatable for me. And it's not just because I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. It's because I'm just not sure. No, it's valid. It's valid. But, but okay, let me just... Like, I thought I, he should be in, but, like, it's not... He's not a slam dunk. Right. And that's not, that's not to take away from him. It's just that's kind of what the numbers show. Like, Alfredson had an amazing career, 1,157 points in 1,200 games. It's pretty flippin' amazing. Yes. Right? Uh, no Stanley Cups. Played it in his entire time with Ottawa, the devotion to the team. I Except actually for think, that one year with the Red Wings. Exactly. Uh, which he still had a Ew. pretty good season, man. Uh, he still had 49 points in his last season in no. 68 games. It's amazing. No. What do you mean? Um, just, to, just to confirm what I was saying, they, they did not have a class last year because they... So 2020, they did the like the voting, and then they never got to induct the 2020 class into the Hall of Fame because of COVID. Oh. So they didn't do a 2021 class so that they could induct the again the class into the Hall of Fame, and then they skipped picking some new people Just for this year. Both. So then now we're here with no class from last year. God, so, yeah. I I don't I don't get that man. Yeah. I don't yeah. get that. Just so, to, just to clarify, because you guys are you know confused. Okay. Uh, uh, Alfredson won the Messier Leadership Award. He won the King Clancy. He won the Calder. You could see why he got in. For me, it's like McGillney. Uh, McGillney had two Lady Bings. He won the Cup. He had a he, seventy-six goal season. Like I don't know how he's not in something. yet. I don't know. How, I just don't get it. And I didn't get it last year. I don't get it. There's a few players who. So it's it's important that we got that clarification on how it's decided. It's fourteen anonymous people. You got to be fourteen of, of four. 14 to 4 to yeah. win. Yeah. At least, yeah. you know, uh out of 18. And, you know, there were there were some talk yesterday about how it's political. Well, it's 18 people involved. You're damn right. Like you're damn right it's political. And there were I heard some rumors about, you know, why Pat Burns was kept out for so long. What were the rumors? Well, just he rubbed some members. Oh, he the was wrong difficult. Way. He rubbed some members the wrong way. And it or that rubs my members the wrong way. Well, I get, I'm getting upset about this. This well, is so stupid. It's it's it was 
that one sticks out to me as wrong because he was getting it. He was getting it. 100%. Yeah. And the the all they had to do and they could have done it mm-hmm. was get him in while he was alive. Yep. He was getting in Get him in while he's alive. They had one final crack at it, and it seemed pretty obvious they had one final crack at it, and they wouldn't give it to him, Mm -hmm. which I thought was wrong. The political one that people were talking about, and not political literally like conservative versus liberal, although that's how some people took it, (laughs) is is Theron Fleury. the, The politics there, I don't think it's that he thinks a certain way. I think, uh, listen... The guy during his career made a lot of enemies and he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And long before his Twitter account went south, I wrote an article for Sportsnet saying, listen, it's not the hockey hall of good guys or Mm -hmm. great guys. Mm -hmm. Um, By the numbers and hardware and accolades and everything, he should be in. Mm-hmm. So it's not just McGilney. There's there's a list of players. Although I don't know what McGilney ever did <laughs> right. to to get in people's bad even notes. with Maybe um, I just don't know. <clears throat> even with this class this year, we have Herb Carnegie who passed away, I believe, in 2012. He that's somebody who should have been in the Hockey Hall of Fame a long time ago. It required and a long campaign. It, it did by um, his daughter, I believe, who still runs like his foundation and his institute. Um, she's been just fantastic in getting his notoriety out there and, and showing what he's done uh, for the game of hockey, which we can get into a little because he's he's such a special candidate. And he's not here to see this and see everybody uh, celebrate what he's done. And it, it's Herb and Willie O'Ree who really should have been in the Hockey Hall of Fame a long time ago. And Down Goes Brown wrote a terrific article on uh, learning about who Herb Carnegie is. And one of the lines in the article was that we can hold two thoughts in our head at the same time. The inductions of O'Ree and Carnegie came far too late and that both were well-deserved and worth celebrating. So we should be celebrating this moment, but it's also, it's so late. Like all of the stuff the NHL has been doing over the last couple of years and, and really... Um, catching up to what Willie O'Ree did um, for the NHL. It's it's great and like it's appreciated, but this should have been done so long ago. Like it, it, who he is and and what these two gentlemen have done for the game should have been recognized a long time ago. And it's a shame that these politics get in the way of that. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. Like you said, Jesse, Willie O'Ree is like, he just got in. Yeah, like, like it, just, it just feels like in the last just got three in. years, we're recognizing the first ever yeah. black player in the NHL. Like, it's just, it, this is a new thing, and, and it should have been that decades old. And thing. should it come down to 18 people? You know, like, the thing is, um, hockey uh, uh, was extremely elitist, right? That was the... It was like, you are now part of the elites. Uh, that's why we recycle the same coaches, the same general managers. <laughs> Um, that's why, you know, there's only so many writers that you, it used to be an elitist thing. It really did. It still is. But the idea now is we, people, the people, us do not want it to be elitist. We want to get as many people in on that as possible who have a background and would know enough to make a vote. Because I think the more votes you, the more votes you have, the more voters you open this up to. Uh, the better chance you're going to have at reflecting what the public wants. Because really, what's the Hockey Hall of Fame for? It's for the player, and it's for the player's fans. Right? It's, it's, for, it's 
It's the player history. of the family to honor the player. It's for hockey. It's, yeah. it's for hockey. It's for building. So how do tell me that like if you're one, a member of the 18, what makes you so engaged in all of hockey, international, women's game, men's game, history of hockey, that you can be one eighteenth of the vote and one eighteenth of the reason or one fourteenth of the reason that somebody gets in. Think about like there's that many like really? I think that that is a very, very select group. I think that's too select. I'd be curious to know how long you get to serve on that 18. Uh, they have a rule on that. I'll tell you uh, in one second, but I believe it's 20 years or something. That's a, it's long a long time. time. Let me, let me <laughs> l- double check. Let me double check. That's a really, really, really long time. Like, who's the 2002 draft class? How many of them are still going? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that was the first. If you, if you got on in 2002 and you're, and you're still going now, this is your final year. Man, that's, I don't know. That's, that's a bit too long, I think. And, like, it's nothing against these people individually. Um, I just don't really think that's the way to do it. I got it all here. You want to hear about the selection committee? This is from the Hockey Hall of Fame itself, uh, their website. This is all the info on the selection committee. So the Hockey Hall of Fame selection, selection committee consists of 18 individuals appointed by the board of directors whose mandate is to nominate and elect candidates as honored members in the players category, the builders, and the referee and linesman category. Each individual appointed to the Hockey Hall of Fame Selection Committee in accordance with bylaw number 28 shall, in the opinion of the board of directors, be a person of integrity and ability and knowledgeable of the game of hockey and its past and present players, builders, referees, and linemen. It is intended that the selection committee be generally, but not necessarily, exclusive to, composed of former hockey players, former coaches, linesmen, blah, 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 be broadly representative of areas throughout the world where hockey is popular, have among its, me- among its members individual knowledge of the various players' eras, uh, have among its members an individual or individual's knowledge of amateur hockey. Six members of the selection committee shall continue to be appointed annually for terms of three years each so that each, so that each year the terms of six members expire and the terms of six newly appointed or reappointed members commence. Hmm. Members of the selection committee whose terms expire may be reappointed for a further term subject to an aggregate limit of 15 years of service. So there you go. So they have them staggered to be expiring every three or six years. Okay. And you get a maximum of 15. Listen, okay. there you go. Are people getting in that should get in? N- yes. I mean, yeah. the, the Baseball Hall of Fame, sometimes you go, holy crap. What That, ex- that whole selection process is, is crazy. But I mean, again, we bring it back. 18 people? 18 people doesn't 18, feel like do enough. Do you want me to list who the selection yeah, committee is right now? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Luke Robitaille. David Poyle, Mike Murphy, Bob McKenzie, Pierre Maguire, Igor Larionov, Yari Curry, Anders Hedberg, Cami Granado, Ron Francis, Michael Farber, Mark Defoy, Bob Clark, Mark Chipman, Cassie Campbell Pascal, Brian Burke, and David Branch. And Mark Mike Gardner, who's the chip. Two women. Yeah. Yeah, you got two women. No people of color. Yeah, I'm glad you said it. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, uh, there, there are some, and there's, there's the argument that, you know, if everyone on the committee is going to be of a certain age, then this is going to be, the committee is going to be representative of hockey at the time. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like it was largely, listen, hockey has a lot of catching up to do in terms of diversity, right? I think what's wrong with doing some of that catching up now. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to kick anyone off the board. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you're on that board and you're listening to this, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm the best of the best. I've, I've worked my whole life. Why are you kicking me off? Uh, I'm not kicking you off because you are who you are. I'm kicking you off because of, of what hockey wasn't for a long time. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think you need to kick people off. Just expand it. Or that. Yeah. That I works. I don't think 18 people's enough, man. I just don't. And like, I don't, I don't want to imply that anybody on this committee right now isn't qualified to do the job. No. Like all these people are like, they know they've forgotten more about hockey than I will ever know, you know, but (laughs) it's like, let's, let's get some more people in there. I don't know. Yeah. I get it, man. Yeah. I get it. And like, I'm sure I don't know. Like, okay. You're campaigning to get someone in the hall of fame. Like Carnegie's. Uh, family was mm-hmm. how who do you campaign to yeah these guys i guess the 18 do they i don't know like yeah i feel like you should be able to speak to them individually but is that frowned upon mm-hmm. is that likely to keep you out for longer i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know yeah and i'd be curious about too because every every like award show and everything has like a there's a political process that goes behind the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. To get an Oscar, you have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars promoting yourself to the Oscars committee. Grammys, same thing. Uh, that's why so many people have a problem with it. So I wonder how much of that is going on. How much lobbying is going on? You know? That's a good point. Teams, players, agents. Might be a question for Alan. Hey. That's a, that's a very good question. He should get a podcast and... Yeah, if only... You just talk about it. Yeah. It's yeah. a great idea, Steve. Yeah, yeah, I know there's a host who could ask him a fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I said Carnegie. Um, I've been indoctrinated by the Scots. Carnegie, right? I th- I'm pretty sure it's Carnegie. Yeah, yeah. But over there, it's, it's Carnegie. Carnegie. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want... Can I, can I talk a little about his career? Fuck off. Of course, Her- you can. Herb Carnegie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so he's he's largely regarded as the uh, best player to never play in the National Hockey League because at the time the NHL wasn't uh, the only league where you could play uh, hockey and like make money. So he played in the uh, 40s and 50s, and he played in the Quebec Provincial uh, Men's League, the Senior League, and he won three MVPs there. And he played on a line with some guy you might have heard of, uh, Jean Beliveau. Never heard of him. Wow. <laughs> so, Don't know who wow. He is. So he played in the same league as Beliveau, and Beliveau obviously went on to have his career as John Beliveau. But uh, <laughs> her, so all of the players at the time, like he was the best player. And then the Rangers eventually gave him a tryout for the, the New York Rangers. And uh, they offered him a, contra- a minor league contract because he was black. Uh, that he only got the minor league contract offer initially. And he probably could have played for that their minor league team and then eventually made it to the Rangers and then eventually became the first black, black player to ever play in the NHL. But he decided to go back to the Quebec League because he was making more money there in the Quebec League than he would have made it in uh, minor hockey at the NHL at that time. So he never got the opportunity to play in the NHL, but he was an outstanding player and he dominated that league. 
And um, Willie O'Ree even uh, said it himself in the last couple of years in his uh, biography that he should have been the first. You know, this is this is the guy that O'Ree looks to and is like that that guy. He's he's a reason like I play hockey and that stuff. And he came before me and he should have had this opportunity in the NHL. So like his skill is is there to be in the NHL and be one of the best players at the time. But he never got that opportunity because of his race, which is very unfortunate. And um, yeah, it's it's good to see that he's finally being recognized for being a great player in the 50s uh, in hockey. And it's a shame he can't be here, but I'm glad that his family gets this moment and that his name will forever be enshrined in the hockey. Mm. And, that, and that's Willie O'Ree, like a, such a special player in this sport's history. And it sounds like there would be no Willie O'Ree without Herb Carnegie. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Interesting yeah. that he goes in as a builder too, not as a player. But I understand, I understand that because he didn't play in the NHL. Yeah. It's a weird distinction that sometimes ruffles feathers, but I mean, I don't know. He built, he built the sport, right? Or he yeah. helped build yeah. the sport. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I don't I don't really get what the difference would be. You but. can make that. Well, it's usually with- like it's like, you know, Con Smythe who owned the Leafs would go in as a builder. The Con Smythe who has an intersection with uh Carnegie, because there's a long rumored story this that um he so the the historians argue whether or not uh the actual sentence is said by Con Smythe in this way, but he said that if he was a white man, he would have played for the team, for the Leafs, and that he once offered somebody $10,000 to try and turn him white. So Gee. that's a, a long rumored story. Some people deny that it happens, but that's what people say Consmite did. So this, you look back and if, if somebody, people grew up in a certain neighbor, an, era, um, an era of time, they're most likely have uh, some racist tendencies and Maybe there should be an award named after people from that era, you know? Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't, we shouldn't deify these people and have the Conn Smythe Trophy when he uh, held out a player who was, el- who was worthy of NHL status just because of his race. Damn. So it's funny that you should just. I didn't know that. I, that's it's, the first time I've heard oh, that story. He, it's that that story's in uh, down go down goes Brown's article. Sean McIndoe. He wrote in the, for the Athletic this week. Uh, he did a little Hall of Fame piece. It's fantastic. Go read it. Yeah. Learn wow. about Herb. Yeah. I read it this past week. That must must have been where I read it. Yeah. 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 Holy yeah. wow. Um. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the fact that Bob McKenzie was uh, trending on Twitter <laughs> yesterday. And I was like a member of the selection. I was committee. like, yes, I was like, what did Bob do? What could uh, Bob have done? He he skyrocketed anxiety in Quebec. Yes. So Shane Wright, <laughs> number fifty-one, long been or is he fifty-two? Fifty-one. Long, long been rumored to be the the Montreal Canadian favorite to go number one overall in Montreal. Oh my God, what a story! Until Bob comes out with his final draft selections. Okay, so this is Bob McKenzie's list. He talks to a bunch of people around the league. And then he goes, here's the consensus, number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. So this is interesting. Is this who he ranks as number one based on the opinions of folks? Or he ranks number one based off of he knows who Montreal is picking? Well, I you know, it's probably a little column A, a little column B. But I'll tell you this. Since 2009, he has not missed. Wow. Really? And Shane Wright is number two on his list. Wow. Number one is a Finn, I believe. No, not a Finn. Slovak, I think. <laughs> Slovak. Juraj Slavikovsky. Uri. Uri. Okay. Yeah. Now, 
this rankled some people because obviously, uh, for some reason, people are really upset that it can't be Shane Wright. I think this puts a really nice little wrinkle in the system, right? Because here's the thing. Bob will have spoken to the Montreal Canadiens. Whether or not they spoke back is is a different thing completely. But if you think that Bob has a tax there, uh, I think maybe. Okay. And I, I'm not saying that that they will have told him anything, but you know he's asked. And you know with Bob, quietly, he wants to get this right. He's got a pretty, pretty good little streak going. So I don't think that name is there for no reason. And it, it, it feels a lot like when Patrick Laine had an, uh, like an unbelievable uh, uh, U18 mm-hmm. uh, championship run with Finland. And everybody was like, well... It, I mean, the Leafs do look, they, they, they need a Matthews, but man, that line, look at the skills he's got. Well, and earlier in the season, I remember there being like, oh, which one's even the best Finn? Is it Line A or Pugliarvi? Mm-hmm. Oh, remember that? that's right. And then Line A sort of pulled away. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and for clarity, McKenzie's draft ranking has nothing to do with the preference of the team mm-hmm. that is picking in what order in the draft. So it has nothing to do with the Montreal Canadiens. This is just a ranking of the players. One NHL distinction clear. team scout said neither of them are locks. That's uh, Slavkovsky yep. and Wright are locks to be first-line NHL players. I'm not saying one or the other couldn't become first-liners. They're both whoa. good prospects. Huh? I said, whoa. Yeah. but <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I thought I said something wrong. But unlike a lot of, the, uh, a lot of years, this draft doesn't have... This draft doesn't have any great prospects. There are no slam dunks. There are things I like about Me both when guys, I lie. but I have no reservations to. See, I find that funny because they said the same thing about the Heischer draft, right? Every draft. They say it about every no, draft. That, no, no. With, with Matthews and McDavid, it was like, there's a superstar. With Sidney Crosby, there's a superstar. But there was a superstar in the Heischer draft, and that's Kale McCarr. So, right. so what you're telling damn, me is, damn, like Nico Heischer is very, he's good very, player. very good. Yeah, he's probably he's, had some bad he's luck a future superstar. Yeah, uh, um, but I would tell you, I would say that you know, Kale McCarr is the right now best player in that draft, right? Sure. And so I'm wondering, so who this year is the Kale McCarr? So if it's not immediately, um, if it's not immediately like known, if that's how people actually feel, now remember that's just one scout. Is it? Slavkovsky, is it is it right? Is it I don't know? Logan Cooley listed at number three. Simon Nemec at number four. Uh, Cutter Gauthier at number five. David Juracek number six. Noted Alan Walsh client. Yes. Uh, like it, it goes on and on and on. Is it you know the guy that's drafted twenty first overall? So here's the comparison I made, and this is actually one of the first discussions I can ever remember having on this podcast. No, oh. because it would have been. Late spring 2013, we were talking about who's going to go first overall. Is it going to be Nathan McKinnon Uh or this guy who had an amazing draft year, Seth Jones? Seth Jones ended up going fourth. McKinnon went first. I think it was Ryan Murray went second Mm -hmm. that year. And um, McKinnon's teammate, Jonathan Drew, went third. The argument I made for picking McKinnon first was Nathan McKinnon has been Nathan McKinnon for longer. And he was younger. He was, he was a little bit younger, but he was a phenom in junior since he was 16. Can I correct your draft order? Oh, damn. McKinnon, Barkov, Drew, and Jones. Barkov. 
I thought Murray going. No, that was 2012. Okay. Shit. Continue. Damn it. That was Um, the Freddie Gauthier draft year, by the way. 2013. Uh, Well, Leafs got the best player <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so <laughs> mckinnon's been mckinnon for longer yeah mckinnon has been mckinnon for longer he had a longer resume of greatness in junior hockey than seth jones did not to take anything away from seth jones it's just we're talking about the elite of the elite of the elite mm-hmm. here and nathan mckinnon should have gone number one time has proven that extraordinarily correct here's the problem that Shane Wright faces. Because Shane Wright has been talked about in this same regard for three years. This guy's mm-hmm. going number one. He's been talked about that way for three years. And I go and look at his stuff on Hockey DB. He's only got two seasons on there. And I go, well, that's weird. He's got a 16-year-old season with the Kingston Frontenacs. This is a 16-year-old. 58 games played, 39 goals, 27 assists, 66 points. The next season... Nothing! COVID! Mm -hmm. The season after is this year a very disappointing in 63 games. 32 goals, 62 assists, 94 points. Wow, he really let us all down. In 14 points uh, in the playoffs. Um, This player should probably go first overall. And I think what happened is that, you know, the brain plays tricks on you. And I think there might have been a little out of sight, out of mind with uh Shane Wright. Now keep in mind, like it's I'm not like a huge uh like I'm not a seasoned seed holder for the Kingston Frontenacs. I don't know if I've ever seen Uri Slavkovsky play, but I think this might be Scouts minds playing tricks on them. Hmm. Out of sight, it is out gonna of be mind. a funny year. I don't know. The one thing I'll say with Slavkovsky is he's he's an interesting player because I've heard him compared to Rantanen. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually talked about it on the show, how I, I watched Ranton in these playoffs and I wasn't that impressed like as a play driver. And then I believe he led the avalanche in points in the Stanley cup final. And I was just sort of like, how, the, how did he do that? So maybe he's just a really efficient player. Um, to this day, Europe still isn't scouted as well as North America is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's going to be a fascinating debate. I, I'm not holding out, like, I still think there's a shot Shane Wright goes second, because I, I just saw, like, this exact scenario unfold in the NBA, because I know you guys don't follow the NBA draft that closely, so I'll catch you up to speed. I know the Raptors got the best guy, but who went first? That's, that's obviously (laughs) true. So, for months, there was, uh, Jabari Smith was supposed to go number one overall. He's supposed to be selected by the, uh, Orlando Magic. And for months, it was supposed to happen. The day of the draft, Woj tweets out that morning, ah, here's the draft order. Jabari Smith is most likely going to go out first. And Woj is the king of everything. Wow. Later that day, we start hearing rumblings. Woj corrects himself. And he says, oh, there's been rumblings out of Magic Camp that Jabari Smith is no longer going number one. Wow. The only person who can correct Woj, by the way, is Woj. Seven o'clock rolls around NBA draft. Pablo Banchero goes number one overall to the Orlando Magic. They don't select Jabari Smith, who was the number one pick for months, even the day, the morning of. Woj tweeted out that he was the number one pick. I would like to see a similar scenario in the NHL because that was such a fun time to be watching the draft because it was such a curveball and nobody expected it. 
Who knows? So interesting that Montreal gets the first overall pick and the fans in the stands might be disappointed. I, I'm rooting for chaos here. Slavkovsky then. Let's do it. I hope, they, they, I hope they take Slavkovsky. It's Am stressful, man. Slavkovsky. Dude, I was in Buffalo for the Matthews draft and like the, the Leafs are going up on stage and I'm like, don't fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm just waiting for them to say like Pierre-Luc Dubois and I'm just going to go fuck. Like, but nope. They, no, they I did hope right. they did we're right all thing. sitting there and we're all like, oh. <gasps> When oh. Shane Wright's name is not called. Oh, what is popcorn in French? Because I'm going ah. to have some in my hands, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And then, who has the second pick, by the way? Is New it? Jersey. Yeah. New Jersey's well. Then we get a built-in fuck you fest between uh, Montreal Canadiens and New Jersey Devils fans as these guys develop, which, as a Leafs fan, I can tell you is pretty fun. It, it is. always seems to happen. It was... John Tavares versus Victor Hedman, mm-hmm. uh, Taylor Hall versus Tyler Sagan, uh, Matthews versus Line A. It's it's all very fun. Uh, uh, McDavid versus Eichel for a tiny window of yep. time. Mm-hmm. It was very the McEichel tiny. draft. It yep. wasn't the McDavid draft. It was the two of them. It was now, two guys who would have gone first overall in most years. I want to talk about something. New Jersey Devils pick number two. Mm-hmm. Yep. They also have... From what I understand here, yes, they've only got their first and their second, just normal picks. Okay. They also pick 37th. Okay. Oh, okay. Just hit me with it, Adam. The, the player the New Jersey Devils must draft this year with the 37th overall pick. And if it's not, you need to turn in your New Jersey Devils jersey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is Jack Hughes. What? There's another Jack Hughes. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Hughes from Westwood, Massachusetts, came up from the USHL, plays at Northeastern University, and his name is Jack Hughes, and he's a center, and he shoots left. For a moment. Jack Hughes, who, by the way, is rated 35 in the draft rankings from Bob McKenzie. He's ranked 35. Come on. New Jersey has to draft him. I think you're right. I think you're right. It has to happen. When you said the Devils have to draft this player, for a moment, I was going to be like, does Miroslav Shatan have a son? No. No. Jack Hughes. It never happened, and it should have. Jack Hughes needs to go to New Jersey. Has a team ever had two players with the exact same name? I'm assuming that you would know that, because Jesse and I are not going to know that. That's a good question. I, I know teams have had players who had same last name, same first initial, Mm-hmm. but different second initial. And I think they do like the first two letters. It's probably something super simple, like Tom Smith or something. Something like that. Something like that. I want to say the Leafs had like a T Smith and a B Smith or something like that, but that's not as fun. I uh, want full chaos. Jack Hughes from Jack Hughes. I remember the Leafs had it. They were toying with bringing up a guy named Bob Rent. Yes. And the announcer at the time, I think it was Joe Bowen, was like, so here's the thing. If they bring up Bob Wren and he scores a goal that's assisted by Aki Berg, then they will have a goal by Renberg. And ah. Michael Renberg was one of the Leafs at the time, too. And I was like, oh, that's great. Hope it and, happens. It didn't. And it didn't. No. Um, Jack Hughes, guys, look into him, Northeastern University. Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes. Didn't the Sens have three guys named Brown? Like two seasons ago? Probably. But it was Connor, Connor Brown, Logan Brown. Connor. There was another one. 
Ah, there was another one. Oh, Dustin. Dustin. <laughs> I have no idea. I just I thought the Jack Hughes pick was pretty creative. And it was I got this. All right, this is from HF Boards. It's oh, a post God. from September eighth, twenty ten. That's Let's when Steve go. was on after them all some, the time. After some quick googling, right. I got there was a Greg Adams who played for the Canucks. In I'm trying to find the year. Uh, I don't know the year. There's a Greg Adams who played 1989. Two Greg Adams played for the Canucks. And actually, the, one of the Greg Adams is, was really good. He was actually pretty good. That was a Canucks uh, 1989. GB. Which Greg Adams was better? Greg Adams could take a page out of Greg Adams' book. <laughs> he needs to be a student of the game, like Greg Adams. It'd be great if like one was. 11 and the other was 17 or something like that. What were their numbers? I looked up their... This is important. I looked up the DB and I only see one Greg Adams. So this is horseshit. Yeah, HF boards might have lied to me. No, it's, it's, this that has gonna, never happened. This is going to take some uh, listener help. You know, yeah. I feel like somebody is going to tweet us and then tell us the As actual answer. As it comes answer. to the third overall pick, it's it's changed some of the, the, uh, the money lines. Uh, like I'm looking at Sports Interaction right now. SportsInteraction.com slash STPN. Shane Wright is a negative 250. So, Jesse, what does that mean? What, what is it? Shane Wright is a negative 250. I guess I should, On switch, what? I should switch to the decimal system. Um, for um, Oh, uh, betting odds? For betting odds. So, Shane Wright is a... Oh, uh, no, that was his plus minus. He was really <laughs> bad. That's why like Wright is, is Shane Wright's a 1.4. And uh, Uriah Slavkovsky is a 3.19. Now, knowing what you know about... For what Bob said, Jesse, yeah. since you're the one who knows this the best, yeah. would you take the value on that one? So, the sports books have been smart um, because it seems like they've changed the odds uh, with your eye uh, based on what Bob said. Because it's basically three to one. If you if you put ten dollars on uh, your eye, you'd get. You That's get. what I do. I go. Here's five bucks. What do I win? I don't care what the odds are. So if you put, if you put, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what it is. It's essentially it's it's pretty much if you put five dollars, you get fifteen. Okay. You know, you'd get really sixteen, but it's it's basically fifteen dollars. So speaking my language, those odds for me aren't that great. I because I I still think it's still an outside chance that even though I'm hoping Uri goes first, I, th I still think it's a real outside shot that the Canadians don't go with Shane Wright. So I would like those odds to be at like seven to one or like eight before to you one take something if, like that. If I were to put money on this, else I think that's a losing. Bet. The next the next closest is Logan Cooley at twenty six point oh four. That's something where it's like oh you're throwing the money down. You're like if that hits, that's crazy. But I'd like the Uri odds to be a little a little better than that. And the Shane Wright ones, there's no Alan point Walsh client, David Juracek, one, two, five. He's going to go first. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> David Juracek. He's had a first overall pick before. Here's number two. Boom. So it's 125 to one. So if you put $10 on David Juracek to go first overall, I'll you'd win $1,250. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, you'd win damn. over $1,000 wow. if, if you put $10 Damn. Down. And there are two ways to look at that. Yo, I'm going to win $1,200. <laughs> or the reason the odds are so good is it has next to no chance of happening. <laughs> I 
I'm literally <laughs> lighting ten dollars on fire. Are you layman bets? Are you Steve po- Are you positive or negative? That's how you have to look at this. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do it. Do it. for Alan. It's a twenty-one, sir. Hit do me. It for, do it. Do it for Alan. <laughs> Alan, I'm going to make this donation on your behalf. This, um, is, this is on behalf of... I'm going to put Octagon. We should get t-shirts. Do it for Alan. <laughs> Do it for Alan. We're wearing next week. Do it for Alan. We go to the draft. Yeah. Do it for Alan shirts. Uh, <laughs> you see why we usually bring Dave on. I'm just yeah. like, oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, Steve, what do you think about this? I don't know. Could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, an, an interesting thing. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a longer press conference today uh, because uh, the news is a, is a tad thinner than normal. Why? But I do have a few things. Well, because mm. the season stopped. We haven't seen the parade yet. We haven't seen any trades yet. We're still waiting on Boston to figure out their coaching situation, which, by the way, could happen this afternoon. And according to Elliot Friedman, uh, there's some rumblings on Fiala. And I'm assuming mm. that means he's traded. To but the Leafs. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I thought this was interesting. As a hockey fan, I think you're going to find this really important to know. So Mitchell and Ness, which I have found, like, personally, I think they do the best throwback year. That's mm-hmm. always been their thing, right? The, the, that sort of thing. They were bought by Fanatics in February. Mm-hmm. This is Wyshynski, by the way, in case I didn't say that. Uh, he said they will make officially licensed NHL apparel, uh, headwear, and accessories for the NHL and the PA. Their new line will launch in November this year. They make nice stuff. Man. They will feature awesome jerseys for all 32 teams and the defunct ones. So Kansas City, here we go, baby. Woo, um, California Seals. Uh, Mitchell and Ness has an agreement with the Alumni Association to make items featuring former NHL greats. Uh, the new Mitchell and Ness rights uh, between the Alumni Association would allow them to make the old LA Kings jersey with Gretzky on the back. Because I don't think they've been allowed to do that. Mm. I don't know why these rights issues or whatever, but that I think that's pretty cool. Doesn't that seem like the easiest thing ever? Like, why isn't the Leaf store just full of like? I want to get an Armstrong jersey and a Sundin and a Sittler and a Bauer. Well, you can still you can get the '80s version and you can get like Wendell Clark and and yeah, but you got to get it done, don't you? I don't know. Like real sports should just have that. Yeah. Next to the current. Yeah, you got to order it. Yeah, and it should be authentic to that era. Because I see people walking around with like current day jerseys and they say like Gilmore on the back. You should be able to buy, I think at this point, really, if we're being honest, if your team's old enough, you should be able to buy authentic looking. And I'm not saying like use wool, but authentic, authentic to the time period with modern fabrics, jerseys for everything. So for the Leafs, the Habs, the Rangers, the Bruins, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Boston Bruins, easily. You should be able to buy a 30s Detroit Red Wings jersey. You should be able to buy a 50s New York Rangers jersey, although I don't know. I think that was their last cut before uh, 1994. The Blackhawks, here's some stripes. Stripes, you want some stripes? Here's some more stripes. There's a lot of stripes on those jerseys. Red Wings, here's some more stripes. You want some stripes? Here's some stripes. You should be able to buy a 1967-68 St. Louis Blues jersey. Stanley Cup losing Blues jersey. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, Bobby Clark, uh, Philadelphia Flyers, 1972. You Covered in authentically someone else's blood. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> or you can bleed on it yourself and complete the set. It, no, no. No? If you wear a, an old school Bobby Clark jersey, it's not your blood. I see. No. I see. One thing about Fanatics that uh, I find really interesting is that their CEO 
Michael Rubin. He's like, uh, what's a good example? A Mark Cuban, Dana White type of CEO. Those are two very different people. An outspoken <laughs> guy who who owns the thing and is trying to run is, it. Is, is also the thing. And also like, the owns thing. the thing and is the thing. That's what Michael Rubin is to fanatics. And this last week, this week, he actually had to sell his stake in the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils because he owned pieces of both of those teams. And he had to sell those two because Fanatics is getting so big and there's there's rules in owning. Uh, you can't own a team when you're right. also competing in the business of sports. Oh. So he, he's, he's been growing Fanatics and he has, this, he has this vision. I've listened to like a couple of them on a couple of podcasts randomly. And he has this like vision of Fanatics being the one-stop shop for sports fans for all of these leagues. And he's kind of been checking off these boxes, and it, I don't—it scares me because when people get so powerful like this, you know, and how Fanatics is just growing so quickly, and like their purchase of Mitchell, Mitchell and Ness, and then now they're trying to get into the uh, sports card business where uh, they'll have integrations with the teams and, and Fanatics and, and sports cards, and they've gotten the jersey licenses for all of these leagues where if you want to get the non-authentic jerseys, because like yeah. for, for hockey, for example, you get them from Adidas, yeah. but. If you get the step below, they're Fanatics jerseys, and Fanatics is the one making them. Mm. And this company, they're growing really quick, and this new relationship with the NHL, it seems like they're they're really expanding. And I'm fascinated to see where this goes and what he does with this company because he's on a mission, and they the last four years, like they've been really taking over the fan engagement side, the merchandise side of all of these pro sports teams. I know that there's people that are not sometimes the biggest fan. Like there's people who would talk about like quality issues with Fanatics from time to time. Be honest with you, the Fanatics jersey I have is great, and I the thing the thing about that that I respect about what they've done because I thought this was stupid at first, but I was stupid, crazy. Michael Rubin knew more. Um, <laughs> is when they when you wear a, a jersey in hockey, it's very different from like basketball or baseball because basketball or baseball, it's just it fits them, it fits a human being. In football and in hockey, you're wearing gigantic shoulder pads. And we were making jerseys for the longest time that were shoulder pad jerseys. And they sort of hung off you and that was the look. The jerseys now, you can still buy them like that with the fight strap and everything. I totally and respect if you want to spend that kind of money, you go ahead and go nuts. That's great. But for the average fan, they want the jersey to look cool. And it, it's cut to fit a human body, not to fit a hockey player. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool. Uh, I, I do like that. Now, I know there's some people who are like, it's outrageous that I have to spend 300 bucks so I can wear this jersey to my like uh, my hockey team's practice. Because I used to, I remember my parents, they bought me the, um, when the Leafs brought back that 67 Leaf or whatever, or not 67, um, 60, early 60s Leaf. I, I know, I know. During the Sundine Cujo era. Yeah. I got that jersey for my birthday one year. Everyone. And then I got to wear it during practice because I couldn't wear it during a game, obviously. <laughs> and I remember that was so cool because it fit. It's like, oh my God, I am uh, a Leaf. I am, hit. I have become. Yeah. And you can't do that with Fanatics jerseys, but I still think it's sort of like people are wearing them as a fashion statement, and I think that that matters. I think it's smart. Yeah. And, like, one thing he did with the jerseys is that, like, when he was expanding Fanatics when he originally got it, he was like, I'm going to buy the factories. I'm going to buy more factories and make more factories so there's more factories around the world. So when uh, the Avalanche win the Stanley Cup... I can. I have a factory here that can get... So I'm like Amazon, where it's, hey... All of these Colorado people want these t-shirts that have 2022 champs on it. I can go make that and they're going to be ready and they can deliver them. So right. this dude is sports Jeff Bezos. Essentially. 
You know, for the fan engagement side. So we'll see where Sporty it goes. Bezos. I have to ask this question. Does he also have a dick-shaped spaceship? <laughs> <laughs> Every Yo, that, time he comes yet. up, <laughs> not I yet. have to Whoa. ask. Not yet. Yeah. I mean, it's a good question, though. How do you go you to space on your own dime and look like a dork? Steve, what shape would your spaceship be? The, uh, uh, it'd be a Felix Potvin mask. No, <laughs> you've said this before. I like that. You said this I have. Twice. Yeah. Have you said that? Oh, you said you'd have. I like that you did that. Mass. I, I don't recall saying that. <laughs> it's weird that I have that answer at the ready. Uh, That's a very strange. Well, there it is. Okay. There it is. Uh, the other thing is, and this is far more serious, but I would call it encouraging. Okay, we've got. Ah. What? Ah, ah. Uh, <laughs> Scotiabank, TELUS, and Canadian Tire have all paused their partnerships with Hockey Canada. Uh, all have made various statements, but essentially everybody's like, listen, you can't be doing this. We, you need to be open about this. That We need to see this happen. Uh, we need to know what's going on in terms of like, and I'm talking about hiding what they were trying to get away with, which was this this um, this lawsuit. That settlement money could have come from Scotiabank sponsorship money. Oh, no, it came from liquidating assets, you which know? they bought using Scotiabank money, likely. If I'm a sponsor, I'm fucking pissed. Yes. So, well, because they told Hockey Canada, it didn't, or sorry, they told the government it, it wasn't government money. Yeah. Now, so then the sponsors are like, well, what the fuck, is it our money? Yeah. Right. So here, 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 let's, let's yeah. back up. Sorry. Here's, here's what happened. Uh, there was a settlement in the... Uh, case there right, was with the eight world junior players of three million dollars mm-hmm. hockey canada who gets lots of public funding went up in front of canadian parliament i can't remember the last time a hockey body had to answer questions in front of canadian parliament in the same way that like mark zuckerberg had to answer questions in front of congress mm-hmm. sort of um and the mps according to rick westhead were furious with um hockey canada executives uh because they basically didn't seem prepared Mm -hmm. at all uh for the hearings it was a waste of people's time basically here's what he tweeted this morning hearing agent for one player on canada's 2018 world junior team who attended uh london gala hired a criminal lawyer days after the incident criminal lawyer allegedly spoke to london crown attorney as part of investigation and wrote report that purports to exonerate player uh, report, not public also connected with MP. So that's a member of parliament, by the way, um, who expects hockey Canada execs will be required to explain in more detail why hockey Canada settled the sexual assault lawsuit on behalf of all defendants, including John Doe's one through eight MP. If you don't know the identities of the players, which is what hockey Canada claimed. If you don't know the identities of the players, why would you let them off the hook? So, yeah, I I thought that was weird, too. But then I was like, is there something? The only thing I could think of, is there something in the criminal code where in their minors? So I've heard this. They weren't, though. I've heard this answer. I see that. I don't know. I don't know. uh, On 32 Thoughts, I believe. And Friedman said that Hockey Canada settled because they would be more, they'd be in more trouble because it happened at a Hockey Canada event. So it's more, uh, I guess it's better for their... uh, law process to settle ahead of time as opposed to going to the courts and trying to fight it and trying to settle in the courts because they will be liable for a whole host of things that happened around the case as well as like things like underage drinking and all that on top of all of the uh, allegations 
So they made it made sense from a law perspective for them to settle ahead of time. So this this is where we're at now. They said in front of Parliament uh, a few things that were pretty noteworthy. One, we have what was it? One to two accusations a year, I believe, which they said like ah, you know, you know how it is with big corporations, how you get accused of that all the time. Which, um, okay, very interesting thing to say into a microphone. Mm-hmm. And um, also they said we did not use public money for these settlements, which, sorry, now brings us back to what you guys were saying. Well, okay, so the money came from somewhere. Where the hell did it come from? Sponsors are pausing. And, and so but they said they liquidated and- assets to do this, to pay for this. Uh, and if that's the like case, what? well, what did you buy? So what did you buy and how did you buy it in the first place? You sold used equipment. You sold memorabilia. They may have owned property. You don't know. Guys, I, like to me, that's it's semantics at this right. point. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, what do you have? Our settlement fund for when we do bad things? Well, and they do. And, and that's the one thing that Rick Westhead has said is that you're never, this is never, he said the chances of you eliminating this are very slim when he when he's talking about kyle beach the chances of this never happening again are like next to zero right and so when when they when hockey canada says we have one to two accusations a year i can believe that that yeah. doesn't surprise me what does surprise me is that there's n- nobody like there's no process in place nobody's hearing about it this is all news to us government money's going towards this sort of thing that is the surprising part um i think if you run a big company these things uh, ask anybody in HR, these things come up. And, and so I think the problem is, is that there was not the, pr- the right processes in place. They tried to hide it. They wanted it to, to, to go away rather than actually solve the problem. And that's how fresh this all is. Like the, that, that story, um, you know, with, with Kyle Beach, I think it made it, it made a it, huge impact. It made a huge impact, but it made a lot of companies look inward. Huh. And this happened before the story broke, right? So that's how fresh, like four years ago, that's all Mm -hmm. it was. It was 2018. That's how recently all these companies were just a complete mess and had inadequate systems in place to handle these things. (coughs) Sorry. Oh, okay. You were ready. I I wanted to make my point before I had, I coughed. But I thought we were waiting. Okay. Okay. Well, sorry. That was very awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Maybe love. Shit happens. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated on that as it goes. It's, it's one of those stories. It's sort of a moving target every single day. There's a new detail coming out and Katie Strang and Rick West said, boy, that was some, it's some A-class reporting on both of their They're doing hard work. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into the press conference. 